Our guest speaker today, his name is Steve Clausen. Steve is not a stranger to Jericho Ridge Community Church. He's spoken here before. Uh, Many of us had the privilege yesterday of having him teach us on the topic of prayer, and so we're delighted that he's here once again with us. He and his wife, Evie, are the executive directors of the Mark Center in Abbotsford, which is a retreat and training center that provides people with a space to hear from God. He's also a trained spiritual director, and he meets with individuals for monthly sessions, and he speaks publicly, and he dramatizes well the gospel of Mark that highlights God's personal love for people. He's also co-authored a journal with Evie. It's called Your Ears Will Hear. And it's a great resource. Many of us had the chance yesterday to thumb through it. It is available for purchase today. If you're interested, you can go back and take a look at it at the Welcome Center or speak with Steve later this morning. The Claussons have six children and one daughter-in-law, and they worship in community at South Abbotsford Mennonite Brethren Church. Steve, please come forward and share with us what you've been hearing from God. Thank you. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, We do have the privilege of guiding a retreat center together. I don't take that for granted. To work with my wife is a a huge privilege. And uh, the retreat center is named after the Gospel of Mark. So it is the Mark Center. My younger brother still thinks it's named after him, and that's fine. But uh, after the Gospel of Mark, where we see uh, Jesus, the main character, the hero of that Gospel... Uh, walking in such a way that to us it looks like there's a rhythm in his life. He is active in his leadership. He's serving, and you know many of the things that he does. He calls disciples. He trains them. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He drives out demons. He preaches. He teaches. He interacts with people. And he often is very personal in his connections with individuals. He takes time to stop for people like blind Bartimaeus and interact with them and give healing to them. And so in that rhythm, though, in Jesus going hard, busy in his leadership, he also withdraws and he takes time to be in the presence of the Father and to pray and to listen and to get alone to solitary, wild, desolate places, lonely places. Uh, Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So yesterday, I was inspired by a good group of people. I didn't count them, but it felt like there were roughly 30 people there uh, spending the day in the presence of God, listening to his word, listening to how God is speaking to our hearts, our minds, and just giving it a shot together. It's a privilege to also work with uh, this organization called MB Mission, who long to send people around the world who are in relationship with Jesus and who are listening to God as they travel across borders and serve. Yesterday, it was my privilege, too, within that group to get to know these uh, that are going to Guatemala. And so I feel uh, very excited that as they go, within a week, that God is going to be with them and guiding them. He started yesterday with a poem that I want to give to you as we begin, which really is my prayer for that team as they go forth, and I was thinking of that again as we worshiped. Uh, Follow Jesus around the scriptures. Be an observer. 
Watch how he looks. Watch how he touches. Watch how he is present to people. Watch how he prays and takes time out. Let him look at you. Let him touch you. Let him hold you. Let him heal you. Let him be present to you. Then become the look. Become the touch. Become the presence. We went back to that a few times yesterday. And the whole idea that we are following Jesus around. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture today and we're going to study Jesus. But we don't want to end there, do we? It's a great thing to observe and to follow, to watch what Jesus is up to. But the invitation... Because Jesus is alive today by his spirit, do I hear an amen? Yeah, he's working, he's doing stuff. We want to let him touch us. We want to be open to Jesus coming near to us. And we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like this morning. I think that's a mystery, that's an adventure. There's no formula around that, but it is happening, as you know. Jesus is drawing near people. And he's healing today. Miracles are happening around this planet today. And we long to be a part of that. But we don't want to only let Jesus touch us and come near to us, hold us, heal us, be present to us. We also want to become the look, become the touch, become the presence in the world. And so that really was the heartbeat of what we were up to yesterday. And I know that that is the passion of this church. And I'm excited for you. I just feel like there's... There's a core of you right here who are in this together, and you're, uh, you're comrades, you're united, and you're listening for God's guidance. You're sending each other around the planet to live and breathe this stuff, and it's exciting. God is working today. He speaks today. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. So it was a couple of years ago that I was praying about a couple of things in my own life, and I was on a BC ferry heading to Pender Island, and I was reading a book by Mr. Bill Hybels called The Power of a Whisper, and I read a scripture verse in that book called, uh, well, it's, it's Isaiah 30, 21. One verse, and something in that verse jumped out at me like never before. Uh, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear. A voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Your ears will hear struck me in a personal way. I felt encouraged. I felt lifted up by those four words. It came to me as a personal promise. Steve-O, I am going to guide you. I am going to guide you in these things you're praying about. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be a year from now, but I will speak to you. Your ears will hear. It's also a very strong promise. It's personal and it's strong. It says your ears might hear. No, your ears will hear. God will guide us. And so this morning we are starting uh, from Isaiah 30, 21 and jumping to the New Testament And we're going to spend a little bit of time in Mark chapter 4, 20 verses, 1 through 20. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn there. Uh, In Mark uh, 4, 1 through 20, there are three words I want you to look for. Be ready to hear them come to you as we listen to these uh, 20 verses. Three words that, interestingly enough, in my translation anyway, are all repeated eight times. 
Eight times you have the word listen or hear, same word in the Greek, akuo. You have either listen, hear, or hearing, a variation of uh, akuo. Or you have as well the word seed uh, in the telling of the parable, occurs eight times, and the word, word, or gospel, or message, or truth. So those three words, listen, seed, and word. Pay attention for those as the, uh, the parable comes. Now, what is a parable? Many of you know what a parable is. Anyone want to shout it out? What is a parable? It is a, it is a story with a, a message to it. Yeah, it's interesting. It comes from two Greek words. Para means alongside of, in a, in a practical, physical way. Uh, alongside of. And balo might be the word in English, uh, ball, uh, throw, because balo is to cast. I imagine there's a connection between that uh, throwing and ball that we have today. I don't know for sure. But anyway, to cast and alongside of. So what really is, is the meaning here is that Jesus is taking a story and he's throwing it out there. It's a story often about seeds, plants, things that uh, we see in the real day-to-day life of a farmer, people in a, in a village, whatever. They know stuff. And it's not just thrown out there physically, but Jesus says there's something deeper here. There's a meaning to this. It's alongside of the hearts of people. And everyone in the time of Christ, everyone today has a heart, and there are things going on in our hearts. And so Jesus says this little story has got a deeper meaning, and he's going to point us toward that as we go. So here we go. Let's dive in to Mark 4, 1 through 20. A parable, in my opinion, about listening to God. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake, and the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone with the twelve and the others around him, they asked him about the parables. Jesus said to them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. 
Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky soil, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But when trouble or persecution comes, they quickly fall away because they have no root. Others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Listen, Jesus opens the telling of this little parable with one word, akuo, listen. He goes and he tells his parable, and then he says to them again, same Greek word for listen or hear, akuo, let those who have ears hear. He tells a story about seeds that are scattered And one of the first things we notice in the telling of this story is that there is opposition. Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Satan, the accuser, is at work in this world. And he often is stealing, killing, destroying, accusing people. All of you, in one way or another, whether you like it or not, you are in a world where Satan is at work and he's opposing the people of God. Our struggles are not really against flesh and blood. They are spiritual, and the enemy is at work. So there is the presence of opposition, and it takes different forms. There's trouble. There's, uh, there's persecution. There are various things within and without that are seeking to make the word unfruitful. Jesus is talking about the seed being the word of God. And as he talks about that, I want you to think with me, what is he really talking about? What is the word in this time as Jesus Christ is speaking to these people? Anyone want to shout something out? What does he mean by the word? Is there another word that comes to your mind? Or is there a phrase to explain what Jesus Christ is talking about? He says he's really talking not about seeds, but about the word. Anyone? Thank you. The kingdom of heaven is near. So the kingdom, she's pointing us to the word being the kingdom. Someone else. You're probably going to be right, so just speak it out. It's the good news. I like that. Thank you. The gospel or the good news. The Messiah himself is the word. Can you argue with that? No. Someone else. This section here, somebody. Did I hear somebody out here? The truth. Thank you. These are all helpful. Nobody has yelled out the Bible but that could be, that probably would be right as well, wouldn't it? The New Testament, she's, the Old Testament, I'm sorry, okay. 
Anyone else? What is Jesus talking about when he says the word? I love the combination of all these things, and I'm thinking myself as I study the Gospel of Mark, uh, what is the word in the Gospel of Mark? And my mind is drawn to a, a time when Jesus is in a, in a home in Capernaum, and a lot of people are gathered. So many people are gathered there that there's no room left, not even outside the door, and he preaches the word to them. That's what it says. He preached the word. As he's preaching, four guys come. You know the story. They have a friend who they want to see healed. He's a paralytic. They bring him, but there's just no way they can get him to Jesus because of the crowd. So what do they do? They go on the roof of this poor home, and they dig through the roof, and they lower the guy down. As they are lowering him down into that room, Jesus sees their faith and speaks to the paralytic. An amazing message. He speaks the truth the good news, son, your sins are forgiven. Is that the word? I don't see a lot of nodding yet. Is that the word coming from Jesus' lips to that paralytic? I think of Mark chapter 5 when a woman, can you imagine this? It's 12 long years that she has been sick and bleeding. And somehow this woman maintains faith. Over 12 years, she is not given up, and she is still looking for a touch from God, and she just thinks in her mind, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. So she comes up behind him in a crowd, and she touches his clothes, and immediately power goes out from Jesus, right? It's a busy time. He's actually on his way to the home of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, where there's a little girl who's very sick and dying, So in this crowd, they're moving along, and Jesus notices what happens, and what does he do? Stops, turns around, and he asks, who touched my clothes? Disciples laugh at him and say, what? How can you say that? There's people crowding against you, and he stays there, Jesus, because he's got some hunch in his heart and mind that something needs to happen here. And in that crowd, all of a sudden, a woman comes, and she trembles. And on her knees, she tells him the whole truth. And what does Jesus do to her? He says to her something beautiful. He says, daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Is that the good news? Yeah, for that woman, that was very good news. She was healed physically, and she received an affirmation that likely, scholars tell us, she was not experiencing in her journey. She was a cast-out person. She was discouraged, likely, with her condition. People were not thinking she was in a good place with God, but Jesus changed all that. So, the good news, hearing the word, the message, I think everything that we've said is right. It's the kingdom. It's Jesus himself. It's the Bible. It's the Old Testament. It's the New Testament. And it's more. God is speaking to people. The message is coming. So Jesus uh, chooses to give us a picture of what that is like. And this fascinates me. He gives us this picture of seeds. Why did Jesus tell us a story about seeds to help us understand what it is like for someone to hear the voice of God, to hear the word, the message, the good news? 
So your wheels have got to be turning with me here a little bit. What do you know about seeds? There are three things that I know about seeds that I want to talk about with you, but you might, uh, yeah, in fact, you are going to have to guess these, all three of them. So what are they? We know something about seeds. All of us, when we think of seeds, they are usually very small. And we're going to think about that a little bit. There's something in that alone that is pretty cool. When it comes to listening to the voice of God, hearing God, it is often a small thing. In fact, some of you have brushed it off. You've had an impression. You said, nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, It can be a little whisper. Just an idea. Seeds are small. What else do you know about seeds? Seeds needs water. Good. Someone else? Come on. What do seeds do? You put seeds in the ground for a reason. Seeds grow. Yeah. Seeds grow. In fact, there is incredible potential, mind-boggling potential in seeds. Most seeds are pretty boring to look at. You don't really have a lot of uh, things that are just out there with seeds. Oh, come, come look at all my seed. No. Uh, They grow and they have incredible potential. That's my second thing. I just think seeds have great potential. And when God speaks a word like he did to that woman in Mark 5 through the lips of Jesus, that word, I believe, was remembered for the rest of her life and it absolutely transformed her. When God speaks to you and me, it can change everything. Jesus said to that man, your sins are forgiven. Could we take a moment right now to just uh, be silent? I have faith right now that Jesus is with us and he's speaking that same message to each one of us. Daughter, uh, son, your sins are forgiven. Can you receive that? Daughter, son, your sins are forgiven. Whatever you have struggled with, your sins are forgiven. All of them. That's the truth coming from Jesus to you and me today. The parable shows us something else about seeds that is very encouraging to me. What is it? There's something else about seeds. They not only grow, but they, they bloom, and that's part of the growing in my, my books. <laughs> keep, keep going. They actually multiply. You get out a whole lot more than you put in. 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. Seeds multiply. And when people listen to God... Like some of us were even yesterday and uh, at any other time in your life this past week, when you listen and you hear God directing you, it doesn't stay with you, does it? It multiplies. Uh, As you are in a good space with God and God is speaking to you, it multiplies to others. I was on a retreat with 15 men in the fall and we went to Pender Island. Friday night we arrived there And I gave these guys an assignment before they went to bed. I said, uh, ask God a question. The reason I gave it to them was because the day before, a man gave it to me. So if you don't want to do the homework yourself, give give it to someone else. No. 
I gave this to 15 men. I said, guys, before you go to bed tonight, just ask God a simple question. What is your posture towards me? What is your posture towards me, Lord? And so we go to bed. We wake up. We have a great breakfast. And we have a first session. At the end of the morning session, a man asks uh, Dan. He says, Steve, can I say something to the group? I said, great. Dan speaks up and he says, last night when Steve gave us that challenge, that question, um, I didn't, I didn't want to do it, so I didn't. I went to bed and I said, uh, I'm going to be the cook here this weekend. I'm just going to serve, and I'm, that's what I'm going to offer. This man's been through a lot of pain in the last year. His wife has been very, very close to death with cancer, so a lot of dark days, and he just felt like not doing that exercise. But in the morning when he woke up really early, he made himself a coffee and he was looking at the fat ocean view to the west and he was reading Numbers chapter 6, which says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And as he was reading that, he started to get a little teary and he realized that God was actually speaking to him through this set of verses. This is a man who's lived in Israel for six years, who knows Hebrew, and so he was chewing on the Hebrew text there, which basically is breath to breath, face to face. The Lord's blessing is that close as God turns his faith towards us. And so Dan essentially heard the Lord saying to him, yeah, you will be doing that exercise that was given to you last night, and here's what it is. I am close. He heard the voice. And it was small, like a seed, but it had amazing potential. And you know what? It multiplied immediately. That little experience that Dan had changed our weekend. I don't remember anything else, to be honest, about the content of what we were hearing from God other than that experience. I flew to Winnipeg within a few days of that retreat, and I was in a meeting on a Friday night, and we were going to listen to God together. And so I told them about Dan's experience, and I asked them, why don't we take a risk tonight and just ask God what his posture is towards us here in Winnipeg? As I did that and kind of got us ready to do this exercise, one man right about here just got up and and walked out. And it didn't look like he needed to use the restroom. Uh, He was done. And uh, that was okay. We kept going. And uh, I was nervous, but we listened and some beautiful things emerged. People, young and old, grandpas and teenagers were hearing the voice of God and hearing God's posture towards us as very close. We finished the meeting. I went into the foyer and there was that man with his wife and they wanted to pray. And so we went to a prayer room. We prayed together, the three of us. And Ed said, the reason I got up and left is because this is what God's posture is towards me. But he stayed in the foyer, and I affirmed him for that. You know, you could have driven home. Sure, someone else would have brought your wife home. But no, you stayed. Thank you for doing that. Let's pray. He wanted to pray. And so we asked God to change his mind, Ed's mind, and to come to his heart and be close to him, speak to him. We didn't really feel like anything happened that night, which is fine. I said to him, you know what, Ed, your ears are going to hear. God is going to speak to you. I don't know when, 
but I believe in the hunger, the gentleness in your eyes. You want this, and it's going to happen. It happened a lot quicker than we imagined. Sunday morning when we went to church together, uh, he heard the message which included the baptism of Jesus, where Jesus and the Father's voice comes to Jesus, and the Gospel of John tells us that that voice is, uh, that love from the Father is not just for Jesus, it is actually the same love towards all of us. And so, wow, Ed grabbed me, gave me a bear hug in the foyer after that meeting, and he told me, Steve, when the words came, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased, he said, I heard the father's voice to me saying that. And with tears in his eyes, he gave me a hug and said, uh, I heard, I heard the Father's voice. So your ears will hear is a beautiful encouragement that I want to leave you with this morning. From the Gospel of Mark and this idea of seeds and the Word, we really see that, yes, when God speaks, it might be small, but it has great potential And what God spoke to Dan has been multiplying through him in all kinds of different people, and it's been fun to watch it grow. They grow and they multiply. And so we are believing that as this team goes to Guatemala and they walk with God and listen to God, and as Howard and Kara and their kids are fired off, that we're just going to keep listening to God, and you as a congregation are going to pay attention, and people like the precious ones I was with yesterday are going to keep waking up and saying, good morning, Jesus, it's me, and I'm here to listen. I want to know you. I want to follow you. I want to be touched by you, and I want to become the look, the touch, presence in the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us today. I thank you for the way that you are speaking into the lives of each one of us here. Thank you that you have promised us that our ears will hear as we walk with you in this journey, as we go through pain, as we go through uh, pleasures, as we're excited and things are going well, as things are going tough, Lord. Thank you that you are intimately and personally interested in our journey. Lord, I pray that you would breathe into our lives today this simple message from Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears will hear. Fill our hearts with faith, Lord. Help us tune in to how you are speaking and how you are working. And we give this day to you. We thank you for how you will continue to be with us uh, throughout this afternoon and evening. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. Make us uh, aware of how you are with us, that we could be a huge blessing to the people around us. Amen.